Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson, and today we are joined by Dr. Wendy Trubeau, author of Dirty Girl, and we are talking toxins. We talk about where you might unknowingly be exposing yourself to toxins and how you can tune in to what your body is telling you. Dr. Wendy shares amazing tips on how and where to start to reduce the toxins and up-level your health. And she has an amazing, generous gift for listeners that will make you feel so supported in applying her tips. Dr. Wendy, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Me too. Thanks. So I love to start with, because so many of us in the functional medicine space got here through our own journey. Yep. I love to just jump right in and ask you about your story. You know, I know you were practicing in the Western world and something clearly got you into functional medicine. Yes. Yeah. So I never, ever, ever anticipated I would be in functional medicine largely because I didn't know about it. Right. It was just not even taught. And so I'll just preface this by saying I'm old. And I won't tell you every year. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> we could have a contest. We'll start seasoned. with we're seasoned. I'm, I'm seasoned, well seasoned. So when I was around 15, I noticed that my gut was not not good. But as a child of the 70s, it wasn't something that was I complained about and it was never asked about. And then it continued to get worse and worse. And fast forward through my 20s, where I had bloating. I had an irritable bowel, right? I would either have diarrhea or constipation. I always had terrible gas. I never knew what I was going to get. And fast forward, that was my 20s. And then in my 30s, I I, uh, completed residency. I got married. I started having babies and it got really bad. Like I couldn't get out of bed bad, but I'm stubborn. And in residency, they taught you don't complain unless you're like, um, the only way you're going to complain or call out sick is if you're in the hospital. And I wasn't in the hospital. I was like, everything's really vague. I can't really pinpoint what's wrong. But when when I went head to toe, I was losing my hair. My brain didn't work. I had heart palpitations. My thyroid was off. The gut was still a hot mess. I had messed up periods. I had infertility. I made up for that one. And then- (laughs) I was wasting and I was like, I'm really thin. And I had nutrient deficiencies across the board. And I finally ended up seeing my husband's mentor, who was one of the early functional medicine providers. And he did, you know, the million dollar workup. And he said to me, You're not going to like this. And I went, Do I have diabetes? Like, I can't stick my fingers. They hurt too much. I'm not going to do it. And he said, No, you don't have diabetes. You have celiac. And I said, Oh, my dad has celiac. But I had fallen through the cracks. And as a medical professional, I hadn't known that it ran in families and it was genetic. And so my dad got diagnosed, but I never got tested. And so I got diagnosed with celiac when I was 35, six weeks after my second child was born. 
and went on my merry way. And that really was my entry into functional medicine and healing my gut because it was such a mess. So I eliminated gluten and then really started working on the candida and the other food sensitivities. And, and it's been evolving, you know, I mean, so fast forward then to two and a half years later. So I was 14 years into the celiac and I, my hair, my hair had grown back and then it started falling out at a rate that was horrifying. Uh And I gained about 10 pounds and I had a rash on my face that would not quit. And this all happened right after we came back from a vacation in to London and France. And we were in France right after Notre Dame burned. Mm. And it turns out that when Notre Dame burned, it released about 500 tons of lead into the air. And I remember saying to my family, it's so dusty. My, my, my sneakers are going to get ruined here. And <sighs> that lead, that dust was lead dust. So it all really clicked in. As soon as we came back, I, I just got sick. And it wasn't until about three months afterwards that I started to understand it was due to lead because I heard a report on NPR and they said, oh yeah, it's now being shown that 500 tons of lead was released. And I went, wait a minute, I was there. I'm losing my hair. I gained weight. I got a rash. I probably have lead. You know, it was mildly wow. positive when I tested a few years before and I didn't do anything because I was like, oh, it's one point over normal, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I retested and it was four points over normal. So it was three points different than it had been. And I was like, oh, that's a you know 30% increase. Yeah. I'm going to treat that. So that was what opened my eyes to, holy moly, I've got toxins. And then I did all the other toxins. So I already knew about the mycotoxins. I had four strains of mycotoxins and then mercury and lead. And then I was like, well, in for a penny and for a pound. And I did the environmental toxins. Oh, no. I know, right? Like, why stop? <laughs> had a bunch of those. The only thing I can conclusively say I didn't have was high levels of glyphosate, which is the pesticide herbicide on everything. Wow. I, that. I was kind of psyched. That's amazing. So, I know it was amazing. I was like, how do I not have that? Even though we eat organic, I obviously have crappy detox. So I've really, st- I looked at my husband when I sort of compiled all these results and I said, oh, I am such a dirty girl. And then I said to him, oh, we're writing that book because we're like the poster children for healthy living. We garden, it's organic. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't drink alcohol. I obviously don't eat gluten. I don't eat sugar. I don't do anything fun. How do I have all these toxins? Right? So if I have that, what do other people have? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love for those of you listening on audio, the book Dirty Girl is behind her right now. What One of the things I love about your story is that it so aligns with mine other than <laughs> that I didn't have to go to France to get lead toxicity somehow. And it's same thing. I mean, when you do what we do and you then, you know, once it, it is this, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I have the mycotoxin issues. I have the the lead. I have the mercury. I have and the lead. You at least have a good explanation. I never did figure out where my. You know, I'm like, I I grew up around the same time as you, and I didn't eat paint as a kid. No, but you you grew up in a house that had lead paint. I did. As the house settles, the dust. And no, but the pencils, you know, had lead, but I wasn't eating them either. But no, but you breathe it in, you know, like you absorb it, you breathe it. And And if you were breastfed. I too, no, I was not, but I, I too then eventually did the environmental toxin panel just out of curiosity. (laughs) 
<laughs> and again, I've been living so clean for so long, yeah. eating only organic for so long, avoiding plastic for so long. And I actually, my glyphosate levels were off the chart. What, where'd that come from? I mean, I do live in a rural area in Colorado. And so, um, are you near farms? I, I am. Yeah. yeah. So they're spraying. So yeah. you're getting it. Yep. And and so it's wild, but even like BPA, I was high in and I'm like, wow, I haven't, I haven't had, you know, I don't drink out of plastic. I, don't, right. I have no plastic in my house. And so I too, I've never, but I, I will switch that. I have called myself a collector. Um, because apparently I just like to keep all of those things. I You're loyal. I say, I say I'm loyal to my toxins. But Dirty Girl is so much more fun. I love it. <laughs> I wanted to bring some hope into what can be really intimidating for people like, oh my God, where do I start? And you know, you're, you know exactly like, oh, I have all these toxins. Now what? Right? Right. So where yes. do you start? We're going to talk about the the now what. So you mentioned, you know, which is an extreme case, right? Being around lead ash. I mean, most, although a lot of people were obviously exposed yeah. at that point, yeah. but but most of us didn't have that experience. And I just shared, you know, you don't have to be aware of your exposure, right? And and so I would love to talk a little bit about, you know, what are some examples of these toxins that that we're unknowingly consuming or being exposed to. I know there's so many. <laughs> you will. I'm only pausing because I because I always want to give a message of inspiration and empowerment and hope. And now I'm about to say, well, they're everywhere. <laughs> well, okay. So we can preface it with the the knowledge is power, and just yes. because they're everywhere, we can we don't need to avoid all of them to regain health or to optimize yeah. health. And, and, and I always say to my patients, Rome wasn't built in a day and you're not going to be either. So the other way to look at it is it, it takes a day for that wrecking ball to b- bring the building down. So those are, those are key moments in your life where you had a trauma or something really toxic happen or a bad event or an illness. That's the wrecking ball. And, but then it, if you're going to go from that moment to rebuild, it takes a lot longer to build a beautiful structure. So, and, and then we're exposed to things as we're rebuilding. So we want to just say like, oh, okay, it's a constant work in progress. So when you say, okay, where are these toxins? They really are everywhere. And yes. you, it's easy to separate them. I separate them in my mind into three categories. One is what are the toxins that you're putting into your body? And those are the, those are, that's your food and your drink. So from food, that's herbicides, pesticides, insecticides. If you're eating a lot of organic foods from California, a lot of those, the the leafy green vegetables have high levels of thallium. So is that a reason to avoid it? No, but just keep it in mind. You go, okay, that's something to keep in mind. And then if you're drinking water from, here's one that wasn't on my radar. Someone said to me, I love kombucha. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay great. And then she said, but it comes in those plastic bottles. And I went, oh, right. No. So any single use plastic bottle is, is verboten. It's nasty. Don't, yes. don't drink from those. <laughs> and alcohol is a toxin and it takes your liver away from doing its work to get rid of the environmental toxins and other things you're exposed to. So those are the things you put in your body. Mm-hmm. And then there's the things you put on your body. And for women, especially, this is a huge category. So it's all your makeup, your shampoo, your personal care products. 
uh, my husband went crazy when I was trying something on. He was like, you can't put magnetic eyeliner on. Think of the toxins in that. And I was like, oh, you know, it's easy to get sure. sort of sidetracked and miss it. So all the personal care products can have endocrine disruptors, toxins in them. And then there's what is around our body or what we're putting on our body. So, or our body on. So the furniture that we're using, the things we're cleaning our house with, whatever, you know, if you grew up in a rural area and they're spraying glyphosate, there's drift. And so you're getting exposed, it's drift and it's trickling into the water supply too. So your clothing, if you're wearing clothing that either went to the dry cleaner or wasn't washed before using, you're getting all the toxins from the clothing. And it's so funny. I just bought this great dress and it looks great. It's fake suede. And it says very clearly dry clean only. And I was like, I was like, okay, I don't want to go to the dry cleaner because there's chemicals. I called the local dry cleaner who says they're clean. And what they told me the substance was when I looked it up, I was like, that's not clean. So, you know, be a little bit wary of what people are claiming because it's not really clean. It's just cleaner. So I said to my husband, okay, this dress costs $33. And, you know, I'm going to throw it in the wash and it might get ruined and I might just have to eat the 33 bucks. Right. Right. So I threw it in the wash because I'm like, I'm not going to take it in the dry cleaner. I'm not going to wear it unwashed. What am I going to do? It's a gorgeous dress. And I I threw it in the wash and it actually looked perfect. So now I kind of don't listen to that dry clean only thing unless it's something really, really important because I'm like, oh, I can do this myself. So it looked exactly like it did just now without the chemicals. So that's the third category is the things we put on our body and your skin is a huge absorptive agent. And so anything your your skin's touching, it's going to absorb. Bedding is is one of those things in that third category that's pretty big for people because a lot of beds have fire retardants sprayed on them. Yes. And those are super, super toxic for us. So the, it's easy to break it down into three categories. And now at this moment, most people are saying, oh my God. You know, I I love kombucha. I'm always drinking from plastic and all my body products. Where do I start? And oh my God, my bed. So what I say is pick one thing that, you know, and so the, what's really valuable is pick one thing that you're running out of. Right. And replace that with something that's leveled up. Don't try to do everything at once. Just pick one thing, have a win be, you know, be proud of yourself, have a win and then level up. If you're in the, if, if you're in the market for a new bed, buy an organic bed. Right. You know? Yeah. But if you're not in the market, don't do it till you're ready. You know? And I love that. First of all, it, it literally would cost a fortune. Yes. To, I mean, you're talking kitchen, uten- from kitchen utensils yeah. to even just people's personal care products. And, and so I, I always say the same thing. It's like, just as you're running out, replace it. I tell people, do your homework first, figure out, you know, what your better alternatives are so that when you run out, you know, exactly what you're going to get and and try. I, I had a client not that long ago, we switched toothpaste. That was where we start. I usually try to start with like toothpaste, deodorant, and then we just work from there. And she said to me, she's in her 60s. She said, do you know, toothpaste has always stung my mouth. And I thought it was that way for everybody. So for six decades, she's been irritated 
by the products she's putting in her mouth and just thought that that's how toothpaste was supposed to be. Oh, and you know, so now we, you know, we laugh about it. We joke about it because she has, there were other products that were bothering her in ways that she thought were quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so it's, it's really fun to, to see just like you and I with the labs of the snowball effect, but to watch people go through and really just start to, I, I even found it was about, it's just like you were talking about with, with the eyeliner. I, I looked over, I was writing a presentation on toxins about a year and a half ago. And I just like looked up and looked over and realized half of my coffee pot is plastic. Like I thought I had no plastic in my house. Yes. And I was using the metal filter, but, and of course I never used it again. I now have. <laughs> yeah. It's those and, moments. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, this is what I do for a living. And I I'm so dedicated to it. And there's just always some up level always. Yeah. And you bring up such a good point, Julie, because I mean, you probably see this too, that women will, I only see women. So I always talk about women. So that a woman will say to me, I, I wasn't perfect on my diet. I cheated. And then I didn't get back on my program for like six weeks. And I said, okay, there's three major things I'm going to take issue with in your language. One language matters. There's no cheating here. You're not bad. You didn't cheat. You simply did something that was off your program. Right. And speaking of programs, there's no diets. They're temporary. You're on a program that has to be sustainable. Yes. Lifestyle. And then thirdly, the goal isn't perfection. Right. The goal is continuous process improvement. And if you have an excursion in some way or some imperfection, okay, now that you recognized it, get back on your program and don't spend a minute dwelling on it. Just like celebrate your humanity. And the goal isn't perfection. It's decreasing how long you spend off the rails. That's how I see it. I love that. And I, I always say... I'm sure you see the same thing. Once we can let go of the perfectionism, success yeah. is so much easier. I mean, that's what I find so often where it, it is that like, oh, I had one oopsie. So now I'm going to toss it all because I messed up. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, it's right. fine. I actually encourage women to plan their excursions. Like, yes. you know, you know that you're going to a party. You yeah. know, you're going to eat something that's off your plan. Plan it. And then the next morning, get right. right back on your plan. Yes. Don't let that be what sends you off into the tailspin. Yeah. Well, we're recording the day before Thanksgiving. So I've been having this conversation all week with yeah. people, right? What is, what's it going to look like? And, you know, one, I work with men and women and mm-hmm. I have one client who it just basically sounded like he's just going off the rails this week, yeah. tomorrow. And, and it's like, okay, that's the plan. The plan is yes. we're going to regroup and you're going to be back on track, really focused yep. starting next week. Just, and notice okay. how you feel, right? Because yeah. if you feel crappy, then maybe next time you won't go as far off. Oh, and oh, he I will. Really I, we are, I already know he will because he's <laughs> he has to experience. <laughs> so I'm actually kind of excited to check in with him on Friday and be like, hey, how you feeling? <laughs> this is right. not going to be good. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that's, it's great information. I always get excited because I always say, you know, it's not about, well, Julie said I shouldn't eat this. It's what does your body think? You know, yeah. How does your body feel when you do this, when you use this, when you're mm-hmm. exposed to that? Yep. So 
And that just segues me right into, you know, how can listeners tune into their body? Because we already went over the like, oh my gosh, you know, exposure is everywhere. Mm-hmm. How do they know, you know, if there are things that are bothering them, what, what, what can they be looking for and listening for? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many ways that the body will tell. I call it the tells, quote unquote. Yes. And so the, the big picture is if you're listening and you feel amazing, best you've ever felt, energy is awesome, sex drive, perfect, wherever you are in your hormonal cycle, it's exactly where you should be. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, you're never irritable. You're never tired. Then probably you have nothing wrong, right? Like and you're probably if you're perfect. not listening because right. <laughs> podcast is geared toward those with autoimmunity. So. Right. So autoimmunity is huge, a huge tell. If you have any autoimmune disease, if you have, so I, my philosophy is if you have anything that's suboptimal, that's your body's way of telling you. Mm-hmm. And the problem is if you lived with it for a while, you might not recognize that there's even something wrong. Like that woman with the toothpaste Yes. before I got diagnosed with celiac, I legit never knew that it wasn't normal to have the kind of gas I had. I, I thought everyone just had a better cork. <laughs> they had a better cork and I had just terrible gas and couldn't hold it. And yeah. so that's the problem is if it's been a while, it's got it's subtly developed and you have no idea. So Perfect. I would say anything that you're embarrassed by, upset by, that bothers you, that anything gut-wise, hair, I mean, everything. That's I'm going to even add to that because one that I hear all the time is, you know, we normalize by saying, well, I'm getting older, right? Oh. So if you're uncomfortable or in pain or achy or... tired or the brain fog of those, those things that that story is like, Oh, I'm just getting older. No, that's not how aging works. Yeah. We say to people, we reject the common wisdom that says you're supposed to get decrepit year over year. And instead our belief is that you're meant to be vital, vibrant, healthy, alive, interested in, and able to be intimate until you're at least a hundred. And if, and that every decade you improve. So if you're measuring yourself against that guidepost and it doesn't match, then you go, oh, there's my tell. So yes, yes, we reject that you're supposed to get worse as you age. Absolutely. I'm 52. I feel so much better than I felt at 35. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So all of those little stories and normalizations out the, out the door right now, they're gone. And I love that. So unless everything is optimal, totally optimal without an excuse or a story, your body's telling you something. Yes. A hundred percent. I love it. Okay. So now we heard the signs and probably, you know, a big one, probably already diagnosed with some kind of not immune something if they're listening. Right. So now what? So now you start to peel it off. And I'm a huge proponent of the platform behaviors. So what I mean by that is you can't do detox successfully and eat foods that are inflammatory. Mm -hmm. So it just, it's like, push me, pull me. So you first have to address your food and there's no single diet or eating plan that works for someone, for everyone. It's really about what, what are the things that your body needs? 
So not everybody needs to be on the autoimmune paleo protocol. That's a great program for autoimmune disease, but not everyone needs it. But I will say if you're sick, you're probably going to benefit from eliminating processed carbs, dairy, and sugar. Those are like the three big categories that I could say, okay, pretty safely people can eliminate that and be and, and level up right there. So right. food is a huge foundational thing. And I always recommend that you get testing and work with either a nutritionist or a coach and really drill into designing a program that works in your body. Yes. So that's food. You have to move your body regularly. If you're not moving it, it's stagnant. You need to be able to sweat and get rid of your toxins. So regular exercise that makes you sweat. Sleep. You have to sleep. When you sleep, the spaces in your brain separate to allow the toxins to drain out. But a lot of people are like, oh, I don't, I sleep four hours a night. I'm fine. I'm like, you're not fine. You need more sleep. Well, and you need good quality sleep. Yes. Yes. More good quality sleep. Yeah. And then stress is huge. And so anything that is serving as a stressor, and that can be anything from your job to your family, toxic relationships, money stressors, whatever that is, those do actually inhibit detox. And you can't really get to detox. These are foundational. You, your body cannot deal with the toxins until it feels safe and well cared for. And so you have to do these things in order to get to that. You know, I have patients who are like, let's do detox. I'm like, you can't do it till you fix your gut. And, and you can't do it till you fix your minerals and nutrients. Like you have to, you have to sort of make the body okay and then detox. So foundationals. And then the next step is you can ongoingly do that evaluation of where can I level up on my food, my products, and the things around me. You can ongoingly do that. That's more about don't fill the pump up with toxins. Right. And then You can ongoingly support the liver from doing detox by improving phase two in the liver. There's tons of food that that do that. That's not a formal detox. That's just support. You can take alpha lipoic acid and NAC. Those promote glutathione production and glutathione helps the liver remove toxins. So it's all sort of feeds forward. And And then you go, okay, I've gotten as far as I can go on my own. Now I need to see a functional medicine provider, get the data, do the work, right? There's a lot you can do on your own without a provider, but to really get the data, you need someone to order the testing and interpret it with you. And and it's so important also because some people try to like go hard and heavy, you know, they just either have gotten some testing and they're out on their own, or they just figure, okay, I've been on the earth X amount of years. I hear this toxin things a big deal. I'm going to, I'm going to go hard and heavy and detox. And, and why is that not a great idea for everybody? So I really believe that, that there are two major factors that influence how you should do lifestyle change, including detox. So the first is whether you're someone who's going to work well with a coach or whether you're someone who works better on your own. So Mm -hmm. if you're someone who works better on your own, you need someone to create a plan for you. And then, you know, once every six to 12 months, you're going to check in on the plan. Sure. Or you're someone who really needs that support with accountability and you need someone who's going to either hold your feet to the fire or cheer you on, whatever, whichever category you fall into, then you're going to be better off working with someone. And then 
The other thing to figure out about yourself is, are you an incremental change kind of person? Yep. Meaning you can't eliminate gluten from your diet fell swoop. You're going to go, I'm going to eliminate it from breakfast. And once I succeed at that, then I'll eliminate it from my snack and then incrementally improve and, and, and level up. Or you're someone who says, I can't cope with incremental. I get distracted. It's a slippery slope. I'm going to do it all at once. Yep. And that Rip creates that your grid, health. right? You're, you're going to yep. fall into one of those four grids of, Either you fell swoop, need support, whatever it is. So, so some people, you have to honor who you are, right? So if you're, if you're an incremental person and you go into a hardcore fell swoop program, you're going to not win because it doesn't match how you need it to be. So then there's other people who thrive, but you have to honor your intrinsic way of approaching changes and, and, and different things. And if you don't, it's not going to be as successful. It's hard. I love that, you know, and, and really that's where we need to know ourselves. Right. And, and yeah. what, and even, even for the, well, like you said, cause those are two of the quadrants, right. Even the people I work with, that's one of the things we assess at the beginning to create the plan is, are you a cold Turkey person or are you a rip the bandaid off person? Yeah. Because, you know, I did taking the wrong approach is not going to get those results at all. Yeah. And I will say, it's not like, it's really funny because I was thinking as you were talking about, I have a coach whom I meet with. I talk to her three times a week, mm-hmm. whether I need to or not. Yep. And and that's at a really high level because I, I've been with her almost a year. And before I started, I was really overwhelmed and really struggling. And I was doing great on the detox and great on the food and great on the exercise, but I didn't feel like everything, like I had it all sort of handled. So what I'll say is, you know, you may not need a coach in all areas, but sure. for lifestyle, you may need a coach or, yeah. or a nutritionist or, or like I, a lot of my patients use me as their coach. Right. You know, we, we hold them to accountability. And so okay. it doesn't mean that all throughout life, you necessarily need a coach, but you might in this realm because it can be challenging. It, it can be, although I, I joke around and everybody's different as far as timeline. I say, if I do my job really well, they don't need me anymore. You know, they, they should. It's 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 a poor business model. <laughs> well, I I have mixed feelings about that, right? Because but when you as I think that yeah. level up. The, well, the- and as I say it too, with my local clients that I work with at the clinic, even once they quote unquote graduate, they still have like we're. I'm still going to lab reviews. Be, yeah. You know, six months, twelve months, two years down the road. Because I want to make sure if they need an up level, they're getting the support. And and so exactly. you're right. And, and I think those of us that have experienced coaching or, or know about it, we all have, I say, don't trust a coach who doesn't have a coach. You know, <laughs> I, I love working with my coach and, but it isn't right. Like you said, some people are like, give me, I need the information and I'm going to do it my way. And, you know, so knowing that it's like, okay, come back in three months. Tell me how you're doing. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and that's one of the beauties of functional medicine too, is, you know, you're, it's not like, oh, you know, see in a year. Oh no, no, it's much closer managed. Yeah, absolutely. So you gave listeners 
a tremendous amount of information. <laughs> if you were going to boil it down, I love for people to leave with that one directive, that one step. If there's something, you know, what can they start? What's one thing literally today they can start doing? Look at something in your food that would make a difference to level up on. For some people, that's eliminating processed carbs. And for others, that's converting to convert your fruits to all be organic. I would recommend people use the Environmental Working Group Dirty Dozen as a guidepost. Yes. So if you're going to level up on food, level up and you're choosing organic, go for the ones that are the dirtiest because sometimes there are budgetary concerns too. So sure. go by the EWG's list, Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 so that you can figure out what's what's safe to keep eating non-organic and what should you get organic. So I would say Absolutely. pick one thing to level up on and don't sweat the rest. I love that. I love that. And I do those such great resources, the Dirty Dozen and Clean 15. Whenever I meet somebody who tells me with pride, you know, that they're they're they do celery juice every morning. I'm like, oh, please tell me it's organic. Right, <laughs> right. It's, on, it's on the Dirty Dozen every year. <laughs> so exactly. yeah, it is it is really valuable to know, like you said, if you're not eating all organic, at least those 12 foods to yes. avoid. Yeah. Yep. I love that. One up level, you guys heard it here. I know that you have the most amazing gift um, that I am actually beyond excited about. You have a companion with your book, Dirty Girl. Tell us about it. Yeah. So the the question people always ask is, okay, now that I want to clean it up, how do I do it? So we wrote the book. That was like a ridiculous number of hours, right? But then we wrote the companion guide, which is how do you put it into practice in all the different areas of your life? What are the resources that you have to clean up your beauty products and your furniture options and bedding? And so we put that all in one guide and it's all linkable. The, lo- the companies are there, the logos are there, it's all ready to go. So you don't have to do the research because we did it. And we we normally sell it and we'd love to give that to your listeners as a free gift. And to get that, they would go to our website and that's www.fivejourneys.com and forward slash promo, P-R-O-M-O. And the five journeys is five spelled out, F-I-V-E-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y-S. Wonderful. And we will put the link in the show notes for everybody as well. If you haven't been digging into the world of toxins and clean living yet, um, you have no idea how many hours and hours and hours of research (laughs) that amazing gift will save you. It is the value is through the roof. So take advantage of it, guys. Dr. Trubo, you have shared, as I mentioned, it's so much gold with us today. I cannot thank you. And before we wrap up, tell me where listeners, where's the, like the best place to find you? Somebody is like, oh my gosh, I need to need to get a hold of her. So they can go to our website at fivejourneys.com. And they, I also have an Instagram, which is Wendy Trubo. And we also have our company Instagram, which is fivejourneys.health. And I mean, I'm around, you know, if you, if you Google me, you're going to find me. <laughs> we are again, so grateful for all the information you've shared. I'm so excited about Dirty Girl. And I think even more for my, for myself, <laughs> even more excited about the companion guide yeah. as yeah. well. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, really. Thank you, Julie. 
For everyone listening, remember you can get the show notes and transcripts by visiting inspiredliving.show. I hope you had a great time and enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guest. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.